So we are live now. So welcome, Mr. Time. Welcome to the show. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and this is Bridge the Gap. This is basically the show where we take interesting people such as yourself, and we walk through the story of your life, and we try to extract some knowledge nuggets for other people out there so that they can Absolutely. Get, get to know you better and just kind of learn from it all. Um, with that, uh, can you just let us know to start this off? Where were you born in like the early parts of your life? Um, I was born in Toronto, Canada. Um, you know what I'm saying? I was out there for a good amount of years. And then we moved over to Brampton, Ontario, Peel region area. And you know, from there, like everything was just, it was up from there. Awesome. So we're going to run it back though, because, um, it's super important to get all the, the stuff we can. And my first question to get the ball rolling is a little bit of a story. And when it lands, you can kind of take it in any direction that you want. And it starts off with my sure. girlfriend and she's washing the dishes. And as she's washing the dishes, she has her phone open and she's playing that black eyed piece song that I got a feeling. Ooh. And she's like <laughs> fucking vibing and she's dancing. And I'm like looking at her and I'm like, yo, that's kind of like, like, when did this song become dishes music? Like this song is like exercise music now. That's what people do. And it's like, yo, hold up. 10 years ago, we was all up in the club, super drunk, dancing around in circles to this shit. And this was like the go-to middle of the night, high time party song. And now yeah, 10 yeah. years later, it's that shit we go to when we're doing really boring shit and we want to remember the good times. And I, that was just huge for me. I was like, wow. So this one song, as it goes throughout our lives, kind of evolves and changes so very much. And then I realized, all those young ones partying to Cardi B and such right now have no idea that this is going to be the music that they wash dishes to in the future. That thought mm -hmm. amused me a lot. And then I realized, you know, a lot of people's doing dishes to Cardi B because it's really just like that. As we get older, the club music becomes the chores music, becomes the other kind of music. Um, and then I thought a little bit about the musical journeys that we all go on. And most of the time when we start talking about these journeys, we bring it back to this adolescent era when we start to get attached to music ourselves and form our identities and stuff. But like, honestly, when it comes to music, that's just been around since we were born. Like our whole life, there's going to be different musical elements and influences that impact us. But nobody ever For talks sure. about the beginning of it. Like I can remember mm -hmm. being like four or five years old and uh, my uh, my dad would have these gray boxes in the apartment. There was like the amplifier and the radio and the tape deck and all these shit was like put together oh, with the sure. wires, <laughs> put out to all the speakers. He would bust these Led Zeppelin tapes and shit like that. At nighttime, it was the 90s techno music played straight from the clubs of Montreal. And then like uh, my mom, she like disco and musical is less fun, but it was still there. I'd have to say like, Throughout my childhood, there were all these vibes and this, the technologies and the different things around that really kind of shaped the early part of what would end up becoming my own musical journey. So I was hoping you could bring us all the way back to the youngest time you can remember, back when you were up in Toronto in the beginnings, and what it sounded like to be you before you could control any of the musics and whatnot. Uh, well, you know, same thing, <laughs> dishwasher music, <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> To be honest, okay, so growing up out there, man, we were in uh, North York area, Baby and Shepherd, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just me and my mom, Dukes, you know, pops down the street type shit. Um, 
grew up in a very spiritual home, like a, re- a very godly home, you know what I'm saying? But I had access to the radio and to the TV, so that's what they fucked up, man. I was on BT. Those times I was listening to, like, uh, oh, shoot, am I allowed to swear? You can swear. I just lit a joint. <laughs> you can swear. You're totally <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, so those times, like, so based on your story, one track that came up in my head was Miss um, Jackson. Okay. By uh, Outkast. Sorry, Miss Jackson. I I don't know for what reason, but I loved that record as a kid. You get what I'm saying? Even before that, I'm talking about Michael Jackson playing in the crib. You know what I'm saying? My, my parents, I'm Jamaican, so we had Booja Banton playing. Okay. You know, some bounty killer. Like, yeah, man. But in regards to hip hop, like uh, Outkast, I was playing heavy, uh, mystical. <laughs> And um, Cisco. Okay. That thong song was going crazy, wow. man. I was like trying to like, you know what I'm saying? Yo, I'm glad <laughs> you said that. My absolute sure, first bro. favorite song of all time. I was 12 years old. Absolutely. Fucking yep. thong song. That shit was the first and most amazing <laughs> song I ever heard. With And when you're 12, yes, that is one hell of a music video. That's all I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, bro. You know, um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of records, man. We could do like you know, like Biggie, Biggie for sure. So like you had um, all of this when you were like really young. Pardon me. You were like young and you had access to all of this. Absolutely. That's super nifty. It's a young kid, man. You know, I I didn't know shit about shit, but like it's the music, like it's playing in the background because I had older cousins and uncles, okay. so they're playing it, and I'm just around. You know what I'm saying to take it all in. You know, from the R. Kelly's to the uh, to the Leah's R.I.P. You know, what I'm saying DMX shit like that. Left Eye. When Left Eye died, I was like sad, mad, crazy. Like you know, crap. The the whole family was crying when Aaliyah died. The family was crying. So I was around for that Yo, for that era of music. I swear, nobody has ever like told me that like a family has grieved together at the loss of something mm-hmm. in music before. Mm-hmm. That's so big. It was deep, brother. So yeah, um, the next question, because I want to stay when you're like really young, we can get to all the other stuff after, but were you like interested in music at that point, like creating it or were you, or like singing or dancing, whatnot, or were you just like kind of consuming it? During those times I was consuming it. And also I was more on the dancing side of things. Cause remember back in that time, it was all about dancing. You understand what I'm saying? Bobby Brown uh mj like you know what i'm saying so i'm watching these things on tv and it's like okay it's the moves that gets the girls so i'm in the living room like moving the couch to the side trying to go crazy to whatever records playing you know um but that was for that time yeah it was dancing more so yeah that's that's fresh i never thought about it like that at that time i was into the good charlottes and shit so i wasn't paying attention mm. to the same world but yo, you're the first, again, first dude, and I've talked to quite a few people. First guy to come and be like, nah, I noticed Bobby Brown's dancing, or Chris Brown, sorry, dancing, getting the girls. I'm going to bust a move. That's fucking oh, a useful sure. skill. <laughs> yo, more Absolutely. people should be busting moves nowadays. Yeah, it's not for everybody, you know? Not for everybody. <laughs> if you're trying to impress a lady, it is nine times out of ten a good move. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, so I guess... Uh, what what ends up what ends up being like some of your first early favorites a little bit later on so the music starts coming around you start to become a little more adolescent with it how do you start to get into your own like more personalized journey with music 
to be honest with you, <laughs> yo, big shout out to BET, bro, because that really played a big part in any hip hop community. I would say black, but you know, a lot of people listen to it, so I'm not gonna just direct it for just for the blacks, but it played a big part in my life, you know. So as I'm getting older now, it's transitioning into the freestyle Fridays and taking in the basement. You know what I'm saying? The real raw rap. You know, so now I'm in tune with that. You understand what I'm saying? From the camera on the dip sets, and I'm just like, whoa, this is real gritty. Like, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, okay, so, yeah, getting older, definitely, that's when I really started taking in Biggie Smalls. You understand? Like, who he is as a human being and whatever the case is. Uh, Dog Pound. Dipset, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the list goes on. How, how <laughs> you do you feel me? So, so how do you find music at this time? So you're a young dude. You're trying to get like it. Like I said, just during BET? these times, it was just BET. So That's B- all it was for me. So you weren't copying records. You weren't because you were in nah. a religious home, so you couldn't get that. No, not necessarily. It's, it's not even that I'm in a religious home. It's like because I was the only child growing up, you know? So my parents, they're not like they're Jamaican, so they're stuck to the the reggae. Mm. So when my older cousins come around, or my younger uncles, now I have access to what's going on in, you know, what I'm saying the hip hop world. If that makes sense, uh, it totally does. Uh, yeah, because my parents they're, they're playing all this, shit, you know, all this reggae shit. Cool, I know every record when it comes to reggae. Cool. But now these guys come around, they're smoking their weed and they're, pump, they're playing the, the, you know, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 what's that? Who's that? <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Um, even those times, like, I got, I got my PlayStation growing up and um, one of the best games ever that I got was uh, Def Jam. Fight, fight, what was, it, what was it called? Fight Club? Uh, fight Night, no, Def, the, 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 I know what you're talking about. There was like Def Jam Fight Night Def in Jam, New York fight, or something. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm just in tune with everything, with everything. You know, I'm 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 hearing about the locks now, the Jada kiss, and I'm just like, this is crazy, my guy. This is crazy, you know. But yeah, that's that's how I was, man. That's how I transitioned into the real hip hop world, real rap. And did you want to start rapping at that point, or were you more like just nah. again still a fan of it, immersed in the culture? Just still a fan of it, consuming it, understanding it as well as I could. I'm not going to lie, like, nigga, I was trying to skateboard. You know, my head was all over the place. WWE, nah. I'm, I'm trying oh, to be a wrestler. I'm trying to... You're all in that nifty. <laughs> Everything going that. on, you know? <laughs> you understand? I'm trying to find myself as a kid. Yeah, but that's up, still cool. You know? So you were into skateboarding and you wanted to be a wrestler. Both of those things are mad interesting. Bro, because that shit was popular. That shit was mad popular. I was the only thing that was going crazy during that time, you know? Um, yeah, bro. I used to, like, for example, this was, like, the Cisco days. Um, so me and my – I had this cousin that lived a couple uh, doors down in my apartment, in my building. And he'll come through, you know what I'm saying, while, the, while the, the parents are barbecuing and doing what they do. We're in the back. We're watching these music videos and shit. Okay, boom. Now we're trying to – I was trying to wrestle, like we'll clear the bed, yes. set it up like the <laughs> set it up like like a ring. You understand what I'm saying? 
me, I, I've always been a little big, you know what I'm saying, a little chunky kid growing up. And then this nigga was mad skinny. So it's like, now we're on the bed doing the ding, 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 like getting ready to fight. I'm picking this little nigga up and I'm throwing him across the motherfucking room. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I remember one time I had mad trouble because I actually picked him up and threw him into the walk-in closet from the bed. Like, you know what I'm saying? So now they're hearing the noise and they're coming in like, what the fuck's going on in this motherfucker? You know, but um, yeah, bro. Just kids, man, you know, just doing kid shit. <laughs> nah, but that's fun kid shit. I'm not going to lie. I uh, totally nah, absolutely. that a lot. I think a lot of us absolutely. did some shit like that, whether or not anyone wants to admit it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Were you a good skateboarder? No, not at all. Not at all. That's amazing. I <laughs> like myself, what the fuck am I doing, bro? <laughs> I, was always... I tried everything, bro. Rollerblading, all that shit was not for me, bro. That's fair. Were you into sports and whatnot? Uh, during during that time, not so really. Like I was just really like nah, because I didn't even watch basketball, so sports wasn't really my main thing. It was more so wrestling. And um, that's basically it, like wrestling, skateboarding, and like all the Caucasian activities, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? I do. So, well said. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so during that time, I wasn't more of a sport kid. But it's not until I transitioned into the hip-hop, which is like between the age of, uh, how old would I say I was on, around like, Nine to thirteen, and that's when that you, makes sense. That's the skating wrestling yeah. phase. No, that's no skating wrestling is before that. I'm talking about like from five to eight. Right. So five to eight is when you do an underground uh, bedroom wrestling, and then you transition <laughs> into hip hop a little bit later on into that yeah. era. Uh, so what happens at the thirteen year old phase? Now I'm locked in, you know. Uh, <laughs> before I was, so when I was in Toronto, like, my main thing was acting as well. You know, I was, oh, I was really trying to get into acting. Um, during these times, like, they would have, um, you know, like, these companies coming down, doing auditions and shit like that. And I remember, like, for one audition, I made it. I, I got accepted. And then, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, to get them in, we'll need about 3500 Type shit, you know. And during that time, my, my pops was like, "85, what? Same <laughs> 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 thing. You should be paying me. It's my son, like you know, <laughs> whatever the case is." So that dream kind of got crushed, uh, and then I transitioned into football. Yeah, that's you know what I'm saying. Even before the football, yeah, thirty five hundred dollars to get a kid a chance to be an actor, bro. I, that means people never pay sense. that shit. That's why they're oh, trying. Sure. Oh my gosh, that's serious. absolutely serious. And then we're thinking, that we're thinking about like, okay, if we get through, you know, it's automatic. Now we're getting paid, but you know, I didn't look into it. Mm. Still, excuse me. No, so that's what it was. Yo, but thirty-five is not like a small number. Like that. It's not. We did not have access to that. We're going up where I'm at. There's no. There's no thirty-five hundreds coming around my world. So like, I hear that. Yeah, to, like, to 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 try it out too, especially at that. Like, just try it out. <laughs> I thought hockey you was know? expensive. <laughs> Bro, I didn't know shit about shit, man. Um. So yeah, from there I transitioned into football. It was all. It was. It was a light love that I I gained for it, and then I hurt like my back, my lower back. So from there I said, "Fuck it." 
you know, so at this point, I'm at the crib and it's just like, bro, BET, that's all I'm watching. Yo, you see like how you guys, or sorry, not you guys, but most people in today's day and age used to watch Dragon Ball Z and Pokemons. <laughs> yes. That wasn't me, bro. That was amazing. After school, I'm coming home and I'm watching BT. I'm not on uh, YTV or whatever it's called. I did yeah, watch you see what I'm saying? TV, though. But yo, I respect that still. Uh, no, for sure. I'm just letting you know, like, because that's everyone's story. Oh, Dragon Ball. No, I was around the to Dragon Ball Z people... people. I found that show so boring. I'm not even going to lie. I'm just going to put it on wax. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like an outcast because I'm like, bro, who's Goku? You know? And they're like, bro, this ha ha. This nigga don't know Goku. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. But, uh, yeah, so while these kids were on that, I was on BT, literally. Locked in. Mom do busting my ass because I didn't do my homework because I want to watch the freestyle battle. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I really gained a big, 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 big love for music at this point because, okay, I'm not an actor. You know, I'm not going to be a football player. I'm trying to wrap this shit up. I used to sit down. I had a diary book. You know what I'm saying? I used to sit down and I like, try and rhyme my first two lines and try and push it through. I used to copy flows from certain songs that I like. Like, you know what I'm saying? And put in my own words and shit. And yeah, man, that's when it really became a thing for me. So you basically, uh, how old are you when you started transitioning into the rapping? I would say about... Uh, I don't know, about 12, 13, like around that time. That's serious. Thir 13 is an early age, in my opinion, to get into something. It's like very, that, you know? yo. <laughs> I'm telling you, now I look at like, my little nephew says he's 14. And I look at him, I'm just like, yo, like, you know what I was doing at your age, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't no game, man. So do you like, do at this age, are you like showing people or is it more something you're doing on the low? I'm not gonna lie to you, um, I wasn't really showing people like that, but I remember I did I wrote a poem for this girl. It was like a rap poem. And I showed her and you know, I, just, I had a crush on her. So when I showed her it I showed her it and uh she's listening to it. I was I was like reading it to her, you know, pulled up to her crib on my bike. I had like the water bottle at the back of the bike, I'm trying to sound like a motorcycle coming up the street. You know, um, but yeah, I I went ahead and spit the poem for her, and she loved it, bro. And I I I made her my girl off of that, so that gave me enough fire to say, yo, you, if you could do that, you could do anything with this shit, you know. Shit. <laughs> yeah. So then that's when I started showing up my homeboys and shit, going to school, freestyling during recess, you know. Well, was there any kind of like high school battle things going on? Was it like any kind of a culture? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I wouldn't say high school. These times I was in middle school. Those freestyles at school and shit. Yeah, I'll come school. in with my written. Yo, Ontario is middle school. I'm I know that sounds weird. I'm a kid. yeah. So like, I got the primary till grade six, and then the high school till grade okay. eleven, and then the SAGEP, of course, because. <laughs> Fair. So you're doing this in the middle school and you're bopping around, mm -hmm. sharpening your sword. 
And are y'all like recording this? Like, is YouTube around yet and all that shit? No, 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 not at all. We're just like in the circle at the ball court, doing the oh, whatever the fuck, you know. <clears throat> then I'll come through and I'll spit. Every nigga will come through with a written or some niggas is actually freestyling, you know, because during these times you have to understand now we're in the times of Cameron. Sorry, not even Cameron. My apologies, Cassidy. Cassidy's mm. coming out. You understand what I'm saying? So now like as young men, we're just like, whew. Oh, this <laughs> you know, we gotta spit. We gotta rap some this shit. This is like when he's, he's showing up in like the trenches. He's like when he's showing up in radios, just murking people and battling the whole world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when Hustler dropped. When Hustler dropped, it was a rap. I'm a hustler. I'm a, I'm a, you get what I'm saying? And then uh, at this time, too, that's when 50 came out. You know, now we're going to school with our string bags and the motherfucking um, the white beaters. Was, was it I'm 50 that made all the string bags out. popular? I believe so, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But I just remember, like in my mind, during those times, that's what was going on in school: earrings, fake diamond earrings, dog tags, like you know, like all this the the wife beaters, the G unit shoes, like all of it. You know what I'm saying? I honestly, that it. sounds like my high the school airbrush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, and that was even high school too. That's the scary part. <laughs> yeah, that was, I guess that was what grade six. Yeah, that's young. That's fair, still. So, uh, I guess um, as you're going throughout this whole process, do you start to get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm going to start like actually writing songs or whatnot, or is it just still kind of casual with the uh, freestyles and whatnot? All right, so I'm not a, okay, so uh, from grade six, seven, eight, so now I say grade nine. Now I'm in grade nine, just starting high school. Right. And um, at this point now we have or I have access to computers and equipment. We had a music class. Right. Audio engineering. Yo, you had so that this, at school? This is like my first time. Seeing... Yes, sir. That's fire. It's bro. It's my first time seeing Apple computers like crazy in one room, bro. You see what I'm saying? Like Mac computers, all laid up at each table. Uh, we had Cubase, like the um, yeah, Cubase is like a program that we used to edit music. I thought, uh -huh. yeah. But anyways, M audio boxes, all that shit, everything musically inclined. Boom, in that one room. Boom, you know. Uh, now teachers giving us access because they see how much there's a certain group of kids that they seen love this shit. So it became a thing where it's like, yo, during break, you could come here and do woo, you know? So me and my homeboy will go to class um, during lunchtime and he'll like record me because he wanted to, he was on the producer engineering thing. I just had the rhymes. He'll come with the beat, he'll record me, teacher will help us edit. Wow. That's Music. incredible. <laughs> First record I recorded. Was um, uh, what was that record called, man? By Biggie. Oh, Big Papa. Right. So I I got the instrumental from YouTube and I made my own track and I called it Anderson Junior. 
because <laughs> that was my name. That's my last name, right? So, whatever. I recorded to it, dropped it on Facebook, and it went crazy viral on Facebook, man. Like, next day, the girls, the, the guys are coming to school, like, I love it when you call me Anderson Jr. You know, like, shit like that. So, <laughs> yeah, bro, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. And it just became a repetitive thing, you know? Hold up. So you're saying um, yeah, you had more success in, in high school than a lot of people I know do today. <laughs> I don't know who you know, <laughs> but yeah, it like you know what I'm saying? Like, it was working for me, man. Yeah, man. I, that's I was, like I was a fucking fire. Guy. So, mm-hmm. but that's powerful about the like just because but... like how big is your high school like how many people go there like, I don't, I, that's a good question I never counted how much people was in that school I only fucked with the cool kids all the kids <laughs> you know but it was a lot it was a lot it was a brand new high school uh, south side of Brampton north side east side you know everyone came to that school type shit so it, it was a very fairly big school man so that's crazy that you would just be able to. But put out it's a not just the school. It's exactly, and it's not just my high school where I'm getting love from. Now I'm connected with different sections of Brampton, and my name is ringing bells. You, you understand what I'm saying? So it's not just my school. I'm getting Fletchers. I'm getting EC. I'm like all these other high schools, you know. So right. Facebook during those times, Facebook was really. A plug outlet for us to interact with each other, especially Vibe.to. I'm not sure if you're around for those times to understand what that was. Nah, I was in Montreal, so Vibe.to. Definitely not sure what that is because okay, I'm okay, on yeah, the yeah. five Montreal side of things throughout the whole thing. So, um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, man. What's Vibe.to? So Vibe.to. It was just like. Put it this way, it was like an Instagram, but through web, like on a website, if that makes sense. So you could edit your own page, like a MySpace, I, I guess we could say MySpace. Edit your page when someone goes on your page, choose a song that you want them to hear when they're scrolling through your pics. Like it, was, it was very dope, bro. It was very dope. You had access to that, man. That sounds blessed. And this is like back in the early days of Facebook when Facebook was like simple. And you like just talk to people. Mm-hmm. Damn, imagine trying to push That's music sick. back then. Motherfuckers would probably click on your shit. <laughs> just because it's like a different oh, for time. Sure. Um, can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I was saying Um, I also had this. Yeah, I can hear you. I had this next homie that I used to rap with. Um, Those times LimeWire was out, right? We'll download instrumentals and we'll rap on, we'll record it and burn it on a CD and go to school and sell it for five, five of a pop, you know? So we're making money like that too. We tried, we tried the thing out with that, man. <laughs> young hustlers, you know? But you're also doing this. Like, I just want to like double down on how young you are doing this, right? Like, cause not everyone did that shit when they were young they were lazier or they didn't have the ambition or whatever but that's like seriously like you're taking the full onness of being a musician at such a young age and trying to push it yeah that's really commendable what kind of stuff would you rap about back then 
Um, that's a good question, man. Just like basically like my my day to day activities, like what I did, who I'm with, who I seen, like you know, like that's basically it. Like there's no times I didn't know about jewelry and all the shit to talk, all all the shit to cap about. I didn't know, so I was just rapping some real shit. So you rapped about like the literal environment of Brampton. You rapped about people in Brampton, and then Brampton mm-hmm. was super fascinated and interested in you. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's a big time knowledge nugget. If there was ever a knowledge nugget. <laughs> so, so um, are you performing during this time as well, or is it more just this no, 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 no. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't really like. I didn't really know much about music during these times. I was just doing the basic steps, like, you know, just the recording and posting on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so how long mm. do you push that for? Like, I guess, is it throughout the rest of school or do things like... Yeah, um, so from grade nine, like, obviously now I know, okay, this is for me because I'm getting, like, all these motherfucking responses response on Facebook, in person, you know. Um, so it just really, I grew, I grew a love for it at that point. Now I'm like, okay, this is me, Anderson Jr. And that was my name originally, you know? And, uh, it became a thing now where me and my, my same cousin that I used to th- throw out the bed <laughs> wrestling, he's in Toronto now. He's still at the old building. I'm in Brampton. Uh, his mom buys him a MacBook, trying to have a MacBook, a, a Mac computer, whatever. And... Now he's learning how to use um, Logic Pro, which is a program. Yeah. Right? He's exposed to Logic Pro now. And he hit me up like, yo, you know, I got a Mac for my birthday. And, uh, you know, I know how to do this, do that. And I'm like, yo, it's crazy because I'm doing that at school. So now I'm hopping on the Go Bus straight to Toronto and, Boom, he's recording me and we're recording records and I was just like it's like clockwork in that in that living room, man. Clockwork. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, man, uh at this point in time we're just recording a whole lot of records, just dropping it on Facebook. As soon as we record it, release it. Record it, release it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh yeah, man, just two kids going out there in the living room. You know what I'm saying? Perfecting our craft. And then just popping it out, but then it's also working. So it wasn't like worrying about if people have attention spans or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Y'all just put shit out, and people fucked with it. And then exactly. the people that cared would bump the next one. Mm-hmm. Yo, Simple as that. That sounds like a lot of people should fuck with that shit. Honestly, it sounds like it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nah, I like that. I like it a lot. That's part of why I like to really go through people's, like, stories like this, because I find sometimes the most, like, intuitive and ingenious marketing comes from, like, this era of life across time. It's like everybody's, like, super creative Mm -hmm. and, like, not giving a fuck at, like, 16. So, like, it's a different energy than when we're adults and we're, like, worried about the success of a campaign. (laughs) Very different. Exactly, exactly. Um... So how long do y'all do this for? And like, do you guys actually make money off it? Does it like turn into anything? No. Um, yeah, the, there was no money 
we didn't even know we can make money off of it. Because we love it so much, we're not even thinking about the bigger picture these times. You understand? It's just like, we're just so in love with how we sound on a song and the type of edits we can do or effects we can add to our voice. And yeah, man, money was not in the play, like during those times at least, you know? So it was just for the love of music, man. Release, 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 release. You know, his mom, she used to be in the living room, rolling a spliff while we are like, we're there at the computer by the window, just recording, going crazy. She's like, yo, I like this song. Yeah, this is the one for you guys, you know? So, yeah, man, it was honestly, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, I appreciate that environment I was in growing up because, you know, a lot of people gave me the fire to, to believe in myself, you know? Hence to some people just saying, like, yo, what are you doing? And, nah, it's not going to work. Or, <laughs> you feel me? Nah, it sounds like this is a really amazing environment people should aim to replicate. Like, like I've, I've noticed people, people who ended up, like, connecting in youth centers and shit and had that kind of thing through a youth center. A lot of those people just made music to this day right like so having that like kind of environment that encourages you to to get like that that addiction almost to to making the music and getting that feedback loop of people fucking with you and being encouraged all of these things when it happens super young it almost like solidifies like this thing where 20 years can go by and people still be doing it and people who don't have that maybe they have a harder time sticking with shit later on so i really yes, like sir. what you said yes sir and the fact is is in your version it really is like your man's mom made it happen just by having that or the school too that's so cool that the teacher would even just take time to like you shut out that teacher to take time to edit your shit with yeah, you i'm telling like, you i wish i could remember his name bro but trust me because he like, even sang on he even sang he used, he used to sing he was indian I can't remember his name, but he was Indian, and he used to actually sing. He had a he had good, a good um, voice. I remember he sang on one of my records for me, man. I did a remix to Kanye West's uh, fuck, what was it called, bro? Say I will. Mm. I did a remix to Say I Will, right? Is it Say I Will or Say You Will? One of the two. Sorry, um, but whatever. He sang on the hook for me. He came in the class, he's like, oh, this is what y'all doing? Like, this is dope. Maybe you should add a little bit of singing. And I'm like, I don't know how to sing. Like, he came through with the vocals. Like, that's love, bro. That's one thing I, I can remember for sure. Like, that's love right there, man. Shout out to him. Shout it out, for real. So all y'all people working with young people encourage this shit. For real, it's so important. Um, So y'all doing this. Y'all doing it for the love of the music. And I guess what happens next, what happens after high school? Unless there's other stuff that's worth mentioning, because I don't know all the details too. Yo, this, 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 there's so much, man. Honestly, I lived a wild life growing up, man. I'm a real old, so I was exposed to a lot of things as a youngin, man. So it's like in the mid, in the midst of high school, it's, it's everything is just crazy. Like I'm meeting people. I'm in the club at 15. You know, I'm standing on couches popping bottles with certain Toronto rappers that were at their prime during those times, you know? Yeah, so, that's serious. I'm doing... 
it's it's real, bro. It's real. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, in high school, now I'm an older kid. Now I'm dropping, I'm doing videos now. Okay, I'm exposed to videos. Okay, let's record some videos for each song that we do. Wooty woo. How are you making these videos? Um, you know, now we have little niggas around us that shoot videos. <laughs> You know, they're hitting us up, like, or they're hitting me up, like, yo, bro, I want to shoot something for you. Or whatever the case is, I'm paying people. Okay, you shoot videos? How much for a video? Bow, let's get this done. Bow, YouTube. You know? Typical shit. So you're, um, like, on that early YouTube video grind, plus you're dropping music, like, all the time. Yeah. And you're just doing this because you like doing this. Yes, sir. That's yes, real sir. cool. You're putting money into this shit because you like doing this. Yeah. And how I'm making the money, I'm doing That's not whatever a... the fuck it is I could do. <laughs> you know? That's whatever. Uh, fun fact, though. High school fact. I'm going to give you a fun fact. Tory Lanez went to my high school, uh, Sandwood Heights. So, during these times, um, I believe he... During these times, he got signed to Kingston, Sean Kingston, or whatever the case is. And I remember um, he left school for a long period of time. But there's like a show, right? I remember the teacher was like, yo, we want you to open up for this show. You'll be opening up, opening up for somebody. But they never told us their name, right? I want you to open up for somebody. So I'm like, you know what? Cool. I had a week to practice, whatever. And then the day of the performance for the show, she was like, yeah, you're going to be opening up for uh, Daystar during this, the time like I knew him as Daystar, you know? Right. I was like, what the? F- what? Lanes is coming here? Like, you know, because he left. So I'm thinking like, okay, he got signed. He's gone in the wind. Whooped you, you know? So yeah, whatever. Um, I was yeah, I was mad excited for that. He came, me and him chopping it up in the, in the uh in the office. But they didn't let him perform because I guess, when you're an outsider, you have to have some type of papers to enter the school. I'm I'm not sure. But yeah, he didn't end up performing, man. But that's a fun fact, you know, for those that love lands. Yo, that is a great fact. I love that shit. The fact that you got to hang out with Tory Lanes and they didn't let him perform on some dumb shit. All of that is amazing. Yeah. Not like all positive, but it's all amazing as far as facts goes. <clears throat> Absolutely. Nah, super cool. So you're doing your thing. High school is happening. You're making music. Um, you almost open for Tory Lanez. It doesn't work out, but that's close enough. It's good enough for a YouTube clip how you almost open for Tory Lanez. That's still pretty good. Yeah, but it's, it's deeper than that because me and Tory actually had a connection during school, man. You know what I'm saying? Like me and him used to actually kick it during school. That's serious. Um, the story the story gets deeper, but you know I'm not here to talk about all that. You know, so but yeah, Tori Tori's Tori's my guy. You know, it's my homie. No, I mean that's cool. I'm just rolling with whatever you bring into the table with it. Um, so what what goes yeah, yeah, yeah. what goes on after high school? After high school, now just working. Making money, uh, still recording, still shooting videos, you know what I'm saying? Um, now we're taking trips and shit, you know? I'm going to just skip a whole 
a whole uh, year or two after high school. Yeah, stuff um, happens. You know, live life. Yeah, shit happens. You know, whatever. Bow now. Yeah, I'm just honestly just focusing on my music. Like, really, that's what it is, just music. I'm getting better with my recording, better with my performance, delivery. The video quality is getting better because more money is being made, you know? So that's what it was, really. And then um, fast forwarding to I'm taking trips. I'm going to Chicago, Atlanta, all these places. Um, Not too long ago, I was in Atlanta. Like three, four years ago. I think three years started to be exact. And um, yeah, man, just out there networking with these artists that, you know, usually when they come to Canada, the only time you're going to see them is when you're at a show. You feel me? Like, <laughs> so now I'm in Atlanta and I'm shaking hands with certain people like me, um, Offset, like, you know, Dolph, all these guys, man. And it was just a wonderful, like, vibe, man. It was a wonderful experience because... The states really showed me that there's more to this shit than Toronto could show me, you know? That's a super interesting statement. Yo, I'm hearing what you're saying, too, because I imagine that Montreal and Toronto aren't that different in the the context you're describing here with what the states can show us. Because I met this dude in uh, Brooklyn, Bronx. Bronx. He's in Bronx. He'll fucking Mm -hmm. kill me if I'm wrong. Uh, we started working together on some shit. So I've been working with this man. So he's like, bro, why are you so afraid of getting money and shit? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you're just being dumb. Look, money. And I'm like, his whole attitude, his whole perspective. And then you start realizing how, like, confidence really just creates opportunities in ways that you don't see. But that everything's an opportunity. <laughs> like, there's no, like, no. It's like, oh, that weird shit could make us money let's do the weird shit let's mm-hmm. see if it works like that whole attitude where we don't worry about it you just do it it was like fucking nifty to see in action but trust I- me <laughs> trust me bro trust me so they- also um like i had a mentor growing up as well so that played a big part with in things like so i'm a big my big bro stacks you know that was my mentor so from the age of 15 i had this nigga to really like guide me into the right direction and how to like he he basically molded me into a young boss you know like he's the reason why i was in the clubs and i was shaking hands with drake and certain people like you know um yeah man he played a big role in my life too because it just made me become a man like you said confidence is everything you know um now when i enter the room it's like i make a statement like my energy is so loud that i don't really have to speak the vibes just there, you know what I'm saying? Let the energy do it for me type shit. Mm. But, you know, I want something, I'm going to get it. Let's just put it that way, man. So, <laughs> so you basically end up in all these different places. Are you, like, performing in Atlanta and Chicago and stuff, or is it more like you're there for other reasons? <laughs> no, I was there for other reasons. Um, in Atlanta, I didn't get to perform, but... uh. You know, we had my music in the strip clubs. I went there. I'm paying DJs, yo, spin this record. Like, you know, spin this record. In the next 30 minutes, I'm in Magic. Like, they're playing my record, shit like that. Um, yeah, that's the thing. One one cool thing is that I met. Yeah, people, were just, me? people, like, just go into the club. I just never heard this before. People And you just pay the DJ and they'll spin your record, and then you can flex, like, that's my record. 
money talks. Straight Wherever you go in life, money talks. They're not kidding when they <laughs> you say get your saying? money so, up. <laughs> no, not at all. But, you know, you do have to appreciate that as well. Because out here, I don't think it's going to be that easy. You know, just walk up to a DJ and be like, yo, play my record. Nah, I know a bunch of DJs. You're gonna now. be like, no, nah, you're gonna fuck up. You're gonna you're gonna fuck up my crate. <laughs> yeah, no, the DJs like I've talked to a few of them. They did not um, seem to have this very like, bro. You can just pay me to do a thing. They nobody seemed to be into that vibe, or nobody admitted it. <laughs> if it was a thing, which, which <laughs> yeah, I respect. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I I never met a DJ, or they all like brag about how they don't do it on Facebook is basically my impression of Canadian versions of it. But I don't know. It, it's such a different system. I don't know how to make it all work up in Montreal, I imagine. Like, we have this weird, like, perception that, and I, I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm speaking just for myself, possibly, and others that I've had the conversation with, where um, it's almost like because Toronto has Drake, y'all have, like, this this golden ticket path thing that exists there that's, like, super fascinating. And I'm like... I don't know if that's fully it. Like, it must be just as difficult in Toronto. Because, yo, your bars are so fucking far apart and shit. I was so baffled. Mm -hmm. I was baffled the first time I went to Toronto and tried to go bar hopping like you do in Montreal, and that's not a thing. That's not, you need a fucking car for that <laughs> it's shit. It's not. <laughs> yeah, you need that Uber on go, man. But, um, oh. But what is it like to be, like, a Toronto artist trying to, like, actually come up with your shit like is there a scene is it thriving like in the the let's say the non-drake tier like to, you know the the guy coming up with it um to be honest with you it's cool but it kind of drains i'm speaking for me because i don't know how everyone else feels but it drains my like toronto sometimes drains my fucking energy bro because it's like there's like a toxic cloud out there right now, man. Where like, you know, no one wants to help each other, like elevate, you know, try to bring each other down type shit. Try to be better than the next person. And I'm not even talking about lyric wise or music wise. Like, niggas trying to start on niggas, niggas. There's a whole lot of fake shit going on, a whole lot of hate and shit going on, you know? So I don't really like pay attention to the Toronto music scene. I just do my thing because. Yeah, bro, it's it's crazy out here right now. But besides that, man, you hear my music and you can tell I'm not really like one of these Toronto rappers, man. I don't sound like a Toronto nigga. I have no idea what a Toronto person sounds like. I, I like if you were to ask me to like identify <laughs> the Toronto sound, I'd be like, I know there's the Drake Lane. I'm pretty sure there's drill. Okay, so yeah, okay, I'm, yeah, you're paying attention to the I'm commercial. Not, no, no, I'm not paying commercial side paying of things. attention is a big term. I feel like it's un you you can't. Like it's un uh, you can't ignore Drake and his lane. It's just like dominating billboards. So all it's of that. There. So it's yeah. not like it's like I like Drake. Yeah. I have come to really turn. I fucks with Drake now, but like the rest of it, uh, it's alright. If it's on at a party and I'm in a, in the right mood, it's 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 good mood music for what it is. It's not my favorite. Um, otherwise, I've done very little research into the Toronto scene because a lot of my music consumption is honestly related to who I talked to on these interviews lately. So the more I talk to Toronto, mm -hmm. I'll hear more Toronto's underground. But I don't know that many people there. I've only been uh, twice. Okay, okay, okay. 
So um, that's crazy. I was actually in Montreal two weeks ago. Or, sorry, three weeks ago. During your lockdown, during your curfew, I was out there in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, that was not my favorite time of life. Um, that was that was garbage. That was one of the worst five months ever. I mean, my life was dope, but the curfew part was seriously awful. Um, are y'all like? Yeah, it was, do y'all it was have, crazy. Like, do y'all have, like lockdowns and shit now? Or are y'all like back to being open and like coming back to regular life? Right now we're at stage two, so everything's slowly starting to like open up and then to the regular stage, but. You can't get too comfortable, man, because everyone's going to get comfortable and then bow, lockdown, stay at home. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm you know waiting. I'm, I'm not. Enjoy it while you can, man. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Um, I'm with you. Uh, so with your music, so you, you're basically linking up in Atlanta and getting inspired a few years back after being in Toronto for a while and not seeing. I guess being in Toronto, you're just doing your thing, but you don't see the next level. Then you go and get exposed to the next level, which is important because not everyone travels. Yes, sir. Traveling's huge. Without traveling, I find, and I'm not like saying mm-hmm. not everyone has the means to, because I know not everyone can. But like, if you want to be like an artist, I find it like you should you should make that effort to get the fuck out your country one time, go see something else, I, like just because yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like, what was it about? There's like, so much more out there, man. What was it that you took away in Atlanta and these other places that like really inspired you? Uh, just the fact of like interacting with different artists and you understand what I'm saying? Like, how they kind of show me that you can just be free with your music, just be free with your shit, you know? Instead of like worrying about okay, does this make sense if I say it like this or if I say it like that, niggas gonna think I'm saying this and woo-ti-woo, like, <laughs> you know? Out there, it's just like vibe, man. Go to the studio, chop it up. And if it sounds good, it sounds good, bro. You know? But it's kind of different because your support system out there is definitely stronger than what we got out here. You know? Okay, so what... what you can literally make a song show. What does the support system mean? Okay, like I hear a lot of people point to Atlanta as this mecca of amazing. And I know that there are fans there that will just buy your fucking mixtape and shit. And so from a fan point of view, there's a lot more people interested in the local music scene. But like, what else is Mm -hmm. the support system that is Atlanta that we are lacking here? Uh, Besides the fans, it's just like, Given the chance to hear someone out, like you know, uh, out, out, out there, it's yeah, man, it's a little different. Like, even the mall, like, they still took, like, even right now, there's a nigga in the mall trying to sell a fucking mixtape or giving you a card to listen to his new single or whatever the case is, which is gonna land in the hands of someone important eventually because that's there's a lot of people out there that do shit. That I do that, you know, that's in the industry. And out here, it's like people, they want to judge you. Okay, maybe you don't look away or you don't have no chains or you have no watch or, you know, they like, it's weird, man. A whole lot of Sloronto energy out here, man. You know? Did you say so, Sloronto? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to go ahead and throw that term around, but that was one of the, 
I might say that shit if people talk about hockey over here. I'm like, yo, Slorento, we beat them in the playoffs or some shit. But I don't really get stop, 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 stop. <laughs> nah, seriously, I give zero shits. The Habs are about to get knocked the fuck out. The game, I think, starts now, and they are not going to win tonight. And then the hockey shit's done, and people can go back to talking about music and shit. I even miss, oh, like, the... Shit. Yo, all it's been is hockey for, like, two months. Like, nobody's giving a shit about anything but hockey. I'm not really a you huge... watch you watch ball man. Who do you have in the final? Or sorry, who yeah? Who do you have in the finals? Between Bucks or Phoenix? I don't even watch ball. <clears throat> There's no. Oh no. Okay. Cool. 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 There's no uh, basketball team here. So I guess like when I was younger, there was no team, and I was like, I don't know. We hated Toronto for some reason. I don't give a shit about hockey now, but back then I was like, we hated Toronto, so you weren't allowed to like Toronto. Which was stupid. Yeah. As an adult, I'm like, that's the most irrational shit ever. But like, when you're young, it's like, yo, fuck Toronto. They haven't won a cup. That's all you hear. You're like, just shit talk Toronto. Then I met a bunch of people from Toronto one time, and they're like, bro, we don't care. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, y'all don't care? And then they're like, nah, <laughs> it's just y'all who care. And I'm like, and then I noticed it. I started seeing it on the inch, and I'm like, oh, fuck, why don't y'all be taking this way too seriously? <laughs> mm hmm. Um, oh, for sure. Nah, I find sports is a weird energy. Like, uh, I like music because it's like mad positive. Like in general, like it's like mm. love. Everyone loves music. Like you might not like music. There might be like a little jovial camaraderie in the discussion of top fives, but like it's almost all love. Whereas sports, like I was at this hockey game event in the park because like I figured I would try it. Um, and man, when they were like <laughs> cheering for shit, I really liked that. When they started doing the booing shit, I was like, I don't like the booing. I know it sounds weird, but I'm not that into the booing <laughs> energy. So I was like, I don't fuck with. This is what I don't like about sports: it's booing. That nigga, I get I, yeah. it hits me, and I'm not like able to fully immerse myself into the experience proper. So I just focus on music. I look at music like it's sports. I'll fucking just get into that shit. Mm. And currently, I'm obsessed with like Montreal's underground scene, trying to uh, figure out some of the same things, <laughs> how to solve some of the same problems. <laughs> hey yo shout out to my dj and mtl my dj tokyo yeah stop Bro, playing i fucking worked in a call center with her straight the fuck up like okay. eight years ago long time ago i used to tell her that if i ever got famous i'd hire her as a bodyguard because she looked like she could fuck up everybody i knew that's a, <laughs> that's a real fucking story like strong woman yo you know what i'm saying like, I'm 5'7", though, right? And, like, she is extremely tall. And uh, mm-hmm. and she knew her shit. Like, she was, like, one of the most strong people in that. Like, the whole vibe about it was super real. And then she just kind of ran her shit since time. And I knew she was doing, like, whatever. So when your man from Green Might Entertainment hit me up, and he's like, DJ Tokyo Mommy, I'm like, bro, I know her. Like, I know her. Like, I actually know her. I don't, like, know her through music. But, like, she's one of, she's super legit. I've been watching her fucking shit pop yeah. off for like a minute now just because it's so cool. Like when you see somebody and then you see them go on to do shit and I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, shit, that's all y'all connected. I'm like, that's fucking cool, too. Um, but yeah, shout out to her. Absolutely. And shout out to Green Money Entertainment. Shout out to my motherfucking brother, Suave, one of the next artists on the come up right now. with One of the best voices toronto can expose you to you know what i'm saying um nav 3.5 yeah it's fresh so after atlanta what happens when you come back are you like 
ready to come at this differently? How did well? Oh happens? man, fuck! After Atlanta, I come back. I, I come back to Toronto. Now I'm in this whole Toronto energy. Bow. I get charged, and I'm fighting a case, and I wasted two years of my motherfucking life. But now I'm a free man. Shout out to my lawyer. <laughs> you know, uh, and now we here. So, you start dropping new music again. <laughs> sure. And then, uh, so how nah, does... well... Yeah, I guess, uh, I know you have a couple of tracks from, like, 2019 I found, and you have this... When do you become Time? 2019? 2019. 2018, transitioning to... Going into 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Uh... It came to a point now where it's like, remember me and my mentor were, were chilling and shit. And I'm telling him like, "Yo, bro, my see the, the one of the things I had to, the one of the most annoying things that I went through as an artist that goes by the name of Anderson was like, you know, oh, are you on YouTube? I'll say yeah. Type in Anderson, Oof, and it's like I'm not even realizing how much fucking Andersons there is in this world. You get what I'm saying? So they're typing in Anderson, it's Anderson Cooper, it's Anderson Silva, it's Amla Anderson, it's Anderson this, that, whoop-de-woo, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's a big so knowledge it came, nugget, though. It became a thing now, I'm telling you, so it became a thing now where it's like, bro, I need to change my name because I can't really market Anderson as I, as I want to. If I was to come out with merch, I'm not going to beg people to buy my shirt or buy a shirt that says Anderson on it. What the fuck does I have to do with anything? You know? Cool. Me and my mentor are sitting down, chopping it up. He's like, yo, like, <clears throat> what name do you have for yourself? I told him, I don't know. Long story short, he's like, what's one thing that you enjoy giving or one thing you enjoy enjoy doing? Sorry. I'm like, you know what? Like, one thing with me is like, I always make time for the people I love. You know what I'm saying? I always make time if it's worth it. And he was like, I sit right there. What, 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 what? He's like, time. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Let's do it. Big uh, time. I like it. And then you have the T-I colon M-E. Like, it's a fucking clock. And I like that a lot, too. Like, it's a digital clock, man. And then we have the, the actual clock right here, you know? So, yeah, bro. It, now it's... I could brand it. I'm selling it. My merch is doing numbers out the gym, you know, because everyone can relate to time, realistically speaking. So you, you, know? just, you just need a fucking dope idea with merch that has time on it that doesn't even need to really be about you, and then you can move that shit to anybody. Absolutely. I had people, when I was on house arrest, man, I was selling clothes like it was drugs, bro. I wear this bar. Yo, tell us about that you grind. Know? Tell us about selling clothes like that. Um, it was for a while. I was like, kind of, I was doubting myself. Like, I don't want to try and sell shit. Like, the worst thing I, I don't want. The last thing I want to do is like try and sell something and it doesn't do good. It's embarrassing. But I see some people try and they fail. Yeah. And I don't like to fail. You. you know. So it became a thing now where I'm I'm chilling with certain people. And they're like, yo, like I'll, like, I'll make shit and wear it for myself, you know? One-on-ones, like, hoodie with my name on it. 
And a lot of people are like, yo, bro, I, I need a hoodie like that. I'll buy that one off you right now. 50 bucks. Ooh, ooh. I'm like, where? Like, okay. I sold my first hoodie for 50, put that in my pocket. I was like, all right, bet, bet, bet. Went to the store, made another one for myself because I sold the first one. Now it became a thing now where it's like, yo, I want one. I want one. I want one. Bro, so I'm like your, low key selling. You make your own merch, not just like I hit up a store and I get to. No, you do no. it. Oh, no, no, I'm not printing it. So I do oh. hit up, I, okay, I hit up okay, okay. a guy that does pressing. Yeah, he presses, you know. Um, okay, I hear that would be saying. dope, though, right? <laughs> I was like, man, that's like serious shit. But did you, do you, who did the designs? Uh, everything was on me. I just paid a home. Like, I sketched it out, and then I paid um, this guy in the States to, like, bring it to life digital. Like, the logo. Uh, you call it the PND, PND file? Right. Uh, PND, PDF, whatever it's called. You know? But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I started selling my clothes, and then I decided to launch it, and it was doing good since then, man. It's still selling right now. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, that's dope. <laughs> you just turned yourself into... How do, how do you actually advertise it? Like, what do you do to move it? Everything's word the mouth. I literally just wear my shit, go outside, and it'll attract random people. I'm talking about the most random fucking human beings. They'll stop me and be like, yo, where do you get that hoodie or that shirt? I'm like, it's my shit. And then bow, like, you know, I like to place an order. Yo, that's huge, man. I still have more to learn in the fashion world. I'm trying to create, like, a separate team to help me out in regards to that because, obviously, there's more room for knowledge when it comes to that, you know, like creating a website and all that shit. But other from that, I was driving up and down the city doing deliveries, you know. So, I don't know. So, literally, it's just... By coming up with something that's relatable and wearing the motherfucker in public, you're able to start to get a bit of an organic following. Because that's some shit that, like, anybody can replicate, right? Like, even if it's not necessarily... Let's say you have a rap name that sucks for this purpose, right? You can always get, like, another (laughs) name that you use for your merch that is related to your rap name that Mm -hmm. anyone who fucks with you musically. Because this is a bit more about, like... How do you move units and get your brand out? Right. <clears throat> Yo, that's big though. That to me, that's fucking cool. And do you like play the Instagram games and all that shit? Yeah. So now I created like an Instagram. So the like the Instagram I have for my merch is literally just majority of my customers because they came to it came it became a point now where i'm asking people like yo when you wear this outfit that you bought can you just take a pic and send it to me you know so I'm, i created an instagram and i'm just posting like everyone's fit like everyone had a different colorway orange purple whatever whatever you know so yeah but right now i'm trying to transition to the more professional side and have like a website created so therefore, people can purchase it online, and you can get it anywhere you want in Montreal, Quebec, the states. You know. Oh, for sure, man. So outside of merch and music, yeah, what else do you do? Like, what other kind of passions do you have? Uh, honestly, bro, that's really it. Like, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Actually, yeah, videography, photography, creative director. 
You know what I'm saying? I write for some artists. Um, anything that's in the media arts, that's like my go-to. You know, I'm all in. My vision is motherfucking crazy when you it comes like to certain things. You know, squeezed in that you ghostwrite, fucking um, make videos and all that. <laughs> you just like sneak it in like it's not fucking super interesting shit, bro. That's like big. That's like you're out there doing all the things. I know. Like yeah, you know, some people wouldn't look at it. Some people won't think of it like that, you know. But I mean, it's a big deal. The average person doesn't do all those things in one. You get what I'm saying? I mean, I I a hundred percent do. But uh, yes, sir. I think it's actually just like worth worth highlighting it all. Like, and the fact that you're more than just a rapper. That's like a big thing I've come to see. There's very few people I think that can obtain the level of commercial success they're seeking off of just music and i think the famous people know that i think every like tier understands that so there's like this extra means of of taking the brand and and growing with it and like even if you think about ghostwriting it's like bro i can write a song so good that i'm selling the fact that i can write a song like that is an incredible thing and it means that there's probably a market for that in every city but do we even look for oh, it? Oh, yeah, there is. I'm slowly, like, starting to understand on that side of things. Like, there is a real market out there for it, you know? You just have to know the right people. And you can start selling songs and shit like crazy, bro. <clears throat> it's always a matter of meeting the right people. And then the question, every time I've asked this, the same, go to meet people. So I know that's the answer to how you meet the right people. You just have to go out there and actually fucking meet people. It's really bad. Now put it this way: you have to, you have to go, have to be at the right place at the right time. Mm. Which is kind of the same thing that what you hear, but realistically, it's the right place at the right time, brother. You know, if you know there's a chance of a certain individual being in that space today, you can go there, bro. You know, yeah. If you know that it's a, a certain crowd, you go there, even if it's boring. You go. But one thing to share, brother, you spark conversation, man. You don't judge a book by its cover. Sometimes someone could seem mad weird, mad wacky, or mad feminine, you know. You can't judge a book by its cover because you have a conversation with someone, then you end you end up realizing like, oh shit, like you're the type you're the person you're you're what's missing to my masterpiece. Like you get what I'm saying? Everyone plays a different everyone plays a different part or like it's we all have our own elements you know so yeah man yo again really like what you said there um there's a lot of power in that because the truth is um it adds a certain level of data analysis to it you have to understand who you're targeting you have to be able to go into a situation being open-minded so if you walk in with like a preconceived it's almost like when you show up on a date like with this preconceived notion you're gonna smash you can't fuck it up versus when you walk in loosey goosey you can kind of go in and smash a little bit better you know what i'm saying like that that kind of is like that <laughs> yeah i compare a lot of this music shit to dating i realize that like a lot of it's seduction it's just not about sex it's like a different kind of and it's weird to like put it like that but so much of it is like yo you approach an artist too strong they're gonna act weird yo in my experience, some of the most sensitive people I know are my artist peers. 
so it's like to actually have to like navigate through all of the different personalities is a lot of like attentiveness so to speak that's so but um i like the fact that you said understand that how do you find out when people i guess you ask around you put the effort in you figure things out you don't act lazy about the situation how do you find out? How do you find out what, sir? I was gonna say like how to find out where people gonna be at, and then I realized it was a silly question, and then I finish answering. Hey, yeah, just do your research. Do your research, you know. Mm. All you gotta do is do your research. So how do how do you? Yeah, like... I really pay attention to a lot of things in life. You know, I calculate my moves before they're being made, like you know, and um. Everything I do in life is very strategic. Even the most simplest things, like you know, sometimes I, I catch myself doing some shit. And it's like, bro, why are you doing that? It's not even that serious. I calculate everything. Like my mind works like it's crazy, you know. I think it's important to take that time in. Like everything I'm doing today is super deliberate. I'm not interviewing people randomly. This is like they said, it's about who mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, well, the who I know part of my life is really shit. What if I go do interviews? <laughs> and then uh, now the who I know part of my life has increased a little bit. And uh, the more I do this, my there network grows. So it's like, yo, I completely appreciate that. And then everything just has to tie into everything or else you're not really, like, going to capture attention. I'm really fascinated by how to capture. Like, I believe mm-hmm. people have attention spans for the things they care about. That, that's my like, perception of the situation. So it's like, how do you break through everything and remain interesting? Um, I don't know if I have all the answers to that, mm-hmm. but I'm certainly on the fucking quest to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, buddy. <laughs> so like... That's a fact, man. So when you do this like launch of Becoming Time and you start running this, like... How are, you, how are you approaching it different? Are you, like, performing, or is it really just, like... Because I notice you just seem to be doing the singles right now. Like, the high-production singles. So, before... uh, Yeah, I used to do a lot of performances before and stuff like that. Even from when my name was Anderson. I was doing, like, you know... A couple people hit me up, like, yo, we want you to perform. We'll do well. Um, but transitioning into time... I wasn't really doing that much performances just because, like, I always felt like I deserved a bigger... I, honestly, I was just thinking too ahead of myself. Like, I always felt like I deserved a bigger crowd. I'll, I'll, I'll be selective when it comes to performing. Like, what venue, what artists are on the, on the list, like, you know? Because now I'm just telling myself, like, you're too good for certain shit, man. I'm not... I'm too good to be performing at a bar with all these people that are trying to figure out their sound and shit like you know it's kind of like knowing your worth in a sense you know i like what you're saying <clears throat> i think it's important to be selective i i don't know the venue thing everyone can set their standards but more particular who you're with um like straight yes. up i don't make the kind of music that makes sense with trap people it just doesn't make sense to put me on that bill. And I performed in that crowd, and that crowd didn't like me a lot. And it's not, like, their fault. I don't make sense in that crowd. 
So it's like I started to realize, nah, it has to like make sense or like anybody I sell a ticket to is going to be like afraid of the shit and <laughs> not want to like come because unfortunately a lot of the people I could sell tickets to were a little bit afraid of some of the environments I was in. I love the environments, but like they were, and I realized that this really matters. It's like on the business level of trying to build up your own fan bases and shit. Like your fans perception of reality is completely different than your perception of reality sometimes. So, oh, for sure. Absolutely. So I like the fact that you said that. Um, do you feel like... So I guess like you're saying like there's the low end of the scene, which has the people who, let's say, are trying to figure out their sound. And there's not a lot of opportunities, I want to say that mid middle class part of the scene where you got your sound, but not, you're, not, you're not really selling out those huge things. Like that. Exactly. I would say that's, what's the, that's not as prevalent in Montreal in my experience either. When I started looking for that like tier of shit, there wasn't a lot of it. Not to say it doesn't exist, there just wasn't a lot of it. Um, so that explains the performances part. But how do you go from being time you put out your singles and again no albums or anything? I don't know if I, I just couldn't find them, but I just saw singles with videos behind them. So um, I actually really. <laughs> I miss all this music stuff. I only released like one project. It's on SoundCloud. You know, that was during my initial stage. But uh, you know, most recently I just I just signed to a um in house label, Green Money Entertainment, shout out my guys. You know, so I kinda took down some of the old projects and records and just revamped, you know, because now I'm working with with my with my label, so Everything just has to sound correct and crispy. <laughs> you know what I'm mm. That definitely explains because I'm like, yo, a guy's been rapping for like a seriously long time. And don't get me wrong, those tracks sound crispy. Like, that's why I said, like, high quality. Like, the videos is like top notch. Everything about it is, is nice. It, it's like really well. Even like that, like, fucking one with the girl in the video. Where it's like the song starts off like we're going fuck and then the next thing you know she's going through the phone and i'm like yo this is actually an entertaining story like i was not bored listening to it i'm Ooh. like i don't normally fuck with this shit, but this is like this is fucking hilarious at the end <laughs> of the day like and then it just kind of tapped into that realness where you know what you are going to end up back in that situation later on coming back to the crib it's just kind of how it goes oh yeah absolutely and i'm like damn that was yeah good. one thing about me is like I'm, I'm i'm just an individual i don't really like uh I'm a very mysterious guy, man. Like, I I don't really, um, how should I word it? So, okay, I don't really complain about things, you know, and I don't really vent. I don't vent to people about my, my life or what's going on currently. You know, I just, I bottle my emotions, bro. But music is really my gateway of expressing myself. So certain records that I release is literally just like me story. Like I'm a storyteller to be exact, you know? So I'll like that realized record is just something that a lot of people can relate to it because it's what really happens in our world. You know, I've been through it. So I just make a record about it, speaking about someone specifically, but you're going to relate to it because you possibly went through that scenario with, you're shorty, your best friend, you know? So, yeah, all my records, like my key records are storytelling records, man. But other than that, I do like the fun shit for the radios, whatever.
the fuck people want to hear, you know? Yeah, I like that approach, too. So you basically, how did you link up with Green Money Entertainment? And shout out them, because honestly, in this whole endeavor, not many management teams have hit me up and been like, I have artists and I think it would be fun. Did it all like mad formal via email and shit. So shout out Kyle, who fucking hit me <laughs> up and did it all formal and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, professional. <laughs> Um, but how I met them, yeah, me and, uh, shit, I guess you know him as Kyle, but yeah, man, me and Kyle, we knew each other for a minute now, since 2014. Actually, Kyle, Kyle tried to, you know, we're really good friends, man, we still are. But during that time, we met each other, and he was like, bro, you're mad talented, like, I want to, like, I want to sign you. But during that time, I was just such a young kid, like, I was making so much money. I was like, bro, like, I don't want to sign to nobody right now. Like, I'm I'm lit. <laughs> you know? That was just me being ignorant because no matter what you do in life, man, you always need a fucking team behind you, bro. You need some type of fucking individual that's going to be in your corner to help you be successful. Don't ever think you can do it by yourself. Facts. You can't. You need a fucking team. You need people to play their fucking roles around you. You get what I'm saying? So when I beat my my case and I finished that situation, you know, we sat down like two grown men and he said, yo, like, you know, it's never too late. And, you know, I just took it as an opportunity to like, yo, now's that time, bro. I just finished going through like a fucking two year, two years of be in the dark, like dark times, bro, stressing and depression. And you get what I'm saying? And here he comes with the opportunity to get me back on track, you know? So, we did what we had to do, and now we're here, like, you know, my goal is to, you know, I, my goal is to just, to prove who I need to prove wrong, you know, but also get there for my guys. I want to open that door for my peoples, you know? Absolutely. So, what is, uh, What's going to come next for you? Like, uh, do you have more stuff lined up? Is it going to be a bunch of singles? Are you going to build up to a project? Uh, yeah, just a couple more singles right now. But in regards to the project, I don't want it to just be any fucking project. I don't want it to just be like, you know, some people drop like four singles and then they add that to the project and add two records that you haven't heard. I don't want it to be one of those. Like, if I'm doing a project, I want it to be created from the ground up. Like, I want to have live instruments. I want to have okay. uh, some vocalists there, a choir. Like, I want my shit to be music. You get what I'm saying? I want to paint it. So a blank canvas that has been painted because it means more. It's better that way. You know, something to talk about. Hence, to just, like, picking and choosing what song and making it a thing. That's just me, though, you know? No, I appreciate the ambition too, and and just the consideration of just like now nah, I'm waiting until I can pull off the vision that I want. That's the important part is that you're not mm -hmm. compromising on what you want out of the situation. Yo, I have another question. Just cause like yo, I've been mad like super independent my whole life, and then I started talking to people like in in, in the interview grind, and I started realizing I was in, there's a lot of ignorance in my old ways of being. One of those conversations that comes up a lot is labels. Right, so you sign a sign of a green money entertainment. Why would you? Why do you sign to a label? What is the benefits 
of working with people like that? I mean, it's easy to just say there's a team, but like, what are the actual things that would incentivize somebody to engage in that kind of partnership with people? Well, it always boils down to money, man. It always boils down to money, you know? Uh, it's a big part in your career in regards to like marketing and uh, visuals. Like, you know, now things are just stepped up a notch that you couldn't do out of pocket, you know? Mm. Um, I, I would I would guess that's why most people sign. They get paid and they should, yeah, they like, realistically, as individuals, sometimes we don't, we don't have the, the funds to provide for what we want. Facts. That's the main thing, you know? So I would say that's why most people sign, but I don't know everyone's situation, man. But they help. I signed to my shit. nigga. Yeah, I, I really signed to my nigga Kyle just due to the fact of him believing in me. You know, he had this guy's a mastermind, so it's like he wanted to make a label on what's better than putting your homeboy on the label. Nice. You know what I'm saying? It, it just makes sense, in my opinion. It makes I agree. I mean, also, the, it looks like the label is consistent. I mean, if you peep the Instagram, the post, like, almost has, like, everybody tying into each other, like, people appearing in each other's shit. Like, it's really got, like, a, a squad vibe going on with your stuff that I really fuck with. Hey, man, big team, big family. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing, man. Um, so, yeah, do you have anything else that, like, you want to share with the people out there? Hey, man, don't let somebody tell you you can't do something, bro. Don't let no motherfucker out there tell you you can't do something. Just do it. All right, another question. Find out for yourself. Who in the Toronto scene at all that you're aware of are people that we should know about? Because I don't know that much about the scene. Who are people you think are, like, dope? Time. Suave, S-A-U-V-A-I, on YouTube, Instagram. That little nigga's killing shit right now. Um, you know what I'm saying? I would, I would also suggest, like, next artist I'm currently bumping right now. Uh, like, you know, we got... The crook, the crook's heavy right now. He's going crazy. Shout out to my nigga Northside Benji, though. That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? That's another person. I'm sure if you haven't heard of him, that's who you need to be playing as well. You know? But I just keep everything in a circle. Shout out to my homeboy, Chev. Chevy Malibu. Um, that's basically it, bro. I'm not really here to promote any other nigga that I don't fuck with, you know? <laughs> okay, another yes, question. Sir. Let's say we come to Toronto. Where do you go to hear hip hop that's dope? Uh, venue wise? Well, like you're you're Ooh. a tourist in the city and you don't know where to go because you Google shit to do in Toronto and it's like fifteen fucking list of shit and you're like I don't know where the good music's at. Where do I want to go? If there wasn't a pandemic, yeah, like I would tell you to go to Lavelle. Um. 
Lavelle, you got uh, Cabana. I mean, I can't say I don't even like partying like that unless I'm, unless my music's being played. So <laughs> put it this way, man. You fuck, fuck with these DJs, man. DJ Gallus, Mono Gallus, Sound Crew. We got DJ So Wavy, So Wavy Sound. You know what I'm saying? Those two sets of DJs right there, wherever they're DJing, that's where you hear the good shit. Put it that way, you know? Fucks with that. Because we have multiple... Yo, listen, we, we'll throw a party in the motherfucking garage. You know, underground. <laughs> you know? So I can't really tell you specifically where to go because... No, but that tells and, us that we have to follow the DJs to find the good shit. Absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's, where, that's how we get down. It's not that one spot. Be anywhere, bro. The other day I went to a fucking party and I pulled up to the condo and the party was like in the underground, like visitors parking, like bro, it made no sense. <laughs> but I knew the DJ, I'm like, the, the DJ is fire, so if this is where you at, I'm with it. <laughs> I'ma fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's creative as fuck still. I guess you have to like work around the limitations of COVID to keep hey, your work shit with what alive. you got. <laughs> nah, that's fair. it's better than curfew. That's all I can say about that. Better that's than curfew. Yes, sir. Now you know Toronto got some of the best weed. I don't ever smoke weed, but I know you do, man. I do. You come out here, we got you. Yeah, I love it. Nah, honestly, I fucks with it. Like, um, I haven't talked to that many Toronto people yet just because, again, like, so you talk to one person and it gets opened up. I know I'm supposed to talk to more people on Green Money over time and, you know, kind of move on the, the list of life. And uh, once it's all over, I, uh, man, I'm definitely going to have to come to Toronto. Just, just regardless because it's such, like, uh, you can't. Man, I got to leave Montreal. Where else the fuck am I going to go? It's that or the States, right? Toronto's a lot more affordable. I'm going to be real. It's, uh, it's more affordable right now. And, uh, yeah, no. That's yes, I can't wait to be able to check that. But, yo, man, I really appreciate having you on. I, really, I think you're a fucking super interesting guy with, like, a lot of accolades where people probably should put a lot of respect on your shit and not necessarily judge books by covers. Absolutely. I appreciate you, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed, man. I mean, from time, like, since time, you've been doing your shit. <laughs> like, you're 12 years old, though? For real? <laughs> like, that's a fucking, like, serious yeah. thing just for anybody that just maybe came in. Since, like, 12 years old, he's doing his shit. Fucking just making music for the hell of it. By the time he's like seventeen, they're like fucking banging on shit in high school. Fucking becoming all well knowing on some rap about your regular life shit. Name drop people. Do some smart marketing. Get the people invested in that. You know, move on through life. Put better visuals, better shit, man. To a point where it's like, yo, build up with a team and and take it to like the fucking proper level. But the fact that you're coming through it, like what 20 15 20 years of experience is not like lost on the finesse that you bring to it like i don't know man i was impressed like even the visuals like the way you dress like all your instagram like everything is really on point on this tier that like i'm not trying to go for that level of beautiful is all i'm trying to say but it's some beautiful shit and i really appreciate <laughs> it yeah, but yeah, thanks I for coming through, you, my guy. Honestly, honestly, and one thing you gotta understand too, like as a big nigga, like I'm a chubby dude. You know what I'm saying? Like I get girls because I'm chubby, but as a big guy, my guy, 
You know what I'm saying? A lot of these people be trying to lose weight. Like, it doesn't really matter, bro. It's about the confidence. It's about within. Mm. Your presence is everything when you walk through. You know what I'm saying? You got to own that shit when you get the chance to. Big facts. Because you could have all the money in the world, bro. You could. I, I've been around some niggas that really get money for a living. But one day in the in 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 that space, it's like there's some real life weirdos. You know, they don't know how to have a conversation. You, you get what I'm saying? And then here I come, like <laughs> nigga, just barely getting by. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come through and like, yeah, my my energy's everything. I have the whole crowd in tune. Like everyone just wants to fuck with me just because I'm a dope individual. So it's not about what you got. It's not about what you wear. It's about fucking you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I co-sign that I flex Yo, it's a big one, though. That's something that, like, it takes a... It's like, it's hard to learn that lesson because it kind of goes against a lot of things you're hearing all the time on the TVs and shit. But, like, fact mm-hmm. is, like, how do you cut through if you're not yourself? The only thing that nobody can copy is the weird shit you can come up with that's yourself. Like, nobody mm-hmm. else can come up with that. That's that's like yo, I don't even know. Sometimes Yo, I'm not gonna lie to you. Speaking about weird shit, all my life growing up, it's like I was always trying to like be around the cool people. Or not trying. I was around the cool people. But it no, at some point it gets fucking exhausting, bro. Like everyone's trying to like impress it's like in Toronto it's just a whole lot of men impressing men. You get what I'm saying? Oh, it's it's weird, bro. It's it's weird, my guy. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like it's not that based on what here, you're saying man. in regards to the word. Okay, as long as you know, but based on the word weird, it's okay to be weird. Yeah, I love being around. Dip. Sometimes I'll be in the cut. And I'm just like, Yo, ooh, this person's kind of you know what I'm saying. But I adapt to my environment. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And you you when you have patience, bro, you get to realize and understand whoever the person is as a human being and it's just more refreshing that way because it's not like they're trying to be someone they're not it's like bro you're you and how do you become you yeah you know now you got my interest <laughs> i mean like you know I, what I'm I don't know man i find like the one thing that this covid shit did is i think it let a lot more people be more okay with that like a lot of people been on that wave but now it's like a lot of people be on that like i managed yo even like I found, like, for me, I, I, I didn't go back to work. Like, I've been working from home. So I stopped being around my colleagues, which means I stopped having to do that middle class shit. I don't know how else to put it, but, like, you got to be mad middle class in the office at lunchtime. You got to watch what you say and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then I don't have to do that for a year and a half. And it's been fucking the best year and a half. It's been like, yo, this is just me unapologetically. I don't have to fucking worry about shit. And I like it a lot. And I think a lot of people got taken out of environments where they were forced to wear these masks that make no sense and it's been really good for a lot of people to embrace who the fuck they are and i'm really like, yo it makes me hopeful for like where the fuck the music scenes are going more so than where they're at yeah i'm like especially with the young ones i don't know about the young ones in toronto but the young ones in montreal be shaping up like they're fucking working together to be giving each other love at least certain demos that i've been encountered to I can't say for everybody across the board, but like, yo, I see, bu- I see pockets and she's bubbling and I'm like, yo, hold up. If these all groups just managed to make a bigger bubble, we done it. We accomplished the fucking mission. And I'm, I'm really going for that. Bigger the bubble, the more it pops. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so it's fucking. Uh, I just that just makes me hopeful for it. I'm sure Toronto's got a lot of shit that's gonna move forward too, because the young ones are just good at marketing. Like they're good at mar- they're not good at I don't know about promo, but they're really good at marketing in a way where I find like I know a lot of people that are good at promo, but the marketing is just I'm good at promo. That is the marketing. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> exactly. So I, I see that you are coming exactly. through with like full on fucking brands and like thought out campaigns. I'm like, yo, how's this twenty year old on Instagram doing such good shit with no money? That's the other part. Uh-huh. Doing it with no money blows me a fucking way. Makes me mad inspired for the future. Hey, that yeah, doing it with no money is probably the best thing because it shows how driven you are. Like it just really shows how hungry you are. The hunger really comes out of you, bro. Because you have more to prove. You get what I'm saying? No one came with a handout and gave you a plate, nigga. You had to get that paper and put the food on the paper. So you got the plate. So now it's like, <laughs> you know, it's it's better that way. Some people, you can tell, like, who, who, who were fortunate and people who are spoiled. Yeah, They're not creative. They don't really have that creative state of mind, you know? Yeah, I know I know what you mean. I definitely sure. feel you can tell when somebody's authentic and when somebody's absolutely trying to do some trendy shit. And I I mean I get it. Like I feel like there's two kinds of ways of going about it. Like you made music for the love of it. There's clearly a part of your soul that is like I'm a fucking artist. End of the day. So it matters. Then there's mm-hmm. people who are explicitly trying to sell shit. And that's I think what really changed in the independent era is that both these things coexist and look very similar and sound very similar, but are not the same. But it's hard to tell the difference unless you know what you're looking for. So usually you'll find in the artist communities, people spot the difference, but in the fan community, shit just looks the same. And back in the day, it was a lot less content out there. So it wasn't so much like trends driving shit. It was more like you actually had to impress some gatekeepers. (laughs) good or bad <laughs> whether or not that was like yeah. what it was what it was so i think uh yeah the authentic thing is gonna come back in because and because yo the young people don't fuck around man they just call bullshit like yo gen z is just like fuck you millennials you're all trash you're not standing <laughs> for this fake shit no more i'm like yo this uh, is all oh, bro uh, oh. it's fascinating as fuck to me but yo, man, I I look forward to seeing sure. what you do next, dude. I look forward to seeing how you fucking move into this thing and get your shit up. I'm gonna tell people to fuck with time. Go check that music by time on all the platforms and whatnot, because it's it's important to fuck with people that are interesting. That way, you can use the power of your democratic attention to support the things that you think is fucking interesting. <laughs> Even without dollars, you can still Absolutely. go. Watch the music videos and blah, blah, blah. All that good shit. Um, but yo, thanks oh, for, for sure. coming through. Thanks to all you watching, too. So a whole bunch of you are here now, and it's fucking cool that y'all come through and you pay attention and you run, you know, it just it's dope. Like, live people, to me, one live person's worth, like, a fucking million views. I don't give a shit. That's a person that's literally there. It's not just somebody that clicked on some shit. That's some fucking beautiful stuff to me. So <laughs> thank y'all for being here and, like, making it fucking dope like that. Um, thank y'all in the future who will be there in the future, etc. Because you know, they, they, you guys are wonderful too. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good shit. 
Uh, make sure you follow up Green Money Entertainment as well because, yo, they fucking set this up and they got lots of talent up on the roster. So all love to them. And uh, special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gidansi, Chris Pye, Jonathan Brown, CJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Scribble. Dope support what we do. If you want to support what we do too, patreon.com slash behind that suit. On that note, uh, do you have any like last, last words for the peoples while I uh, set up the raid thing on Twitch? Uh, I mean, that's about it, man. I appreciate you guys. and I appreciate the people watching and listening. There's going to be more time, man. You know what I'm saying? Ah, I fucking like can't that stop a lot. time, baby. You can't stop time, you <laughs> I like that a lot, man. Um, So I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just give me a second. I'm hitting the raid button. Uh...